You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Grind Season, episode 39 of Grind Season. As a matter of fact, I'm Jason Smith, one of your co-hosts on the Grind Season podcast. It's a podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, wherever else. Uh, also co-host of the Jason and John Midday Radio Show here in Memphis on 929 FM ESPN. You can follow me on Twitter at JasonSmith929. Hopefully you know that by now, especially as we're winding down on the regular season. Hopefully you've been rocking with us all season. What you should also know by now is the man next to me is the most talented man on the podcast. His name is Anthony Saint. He is the tribal chief of Grizz Twitter. He's a man who's covered this team for the last 10 years, last decade. Follow him on Twitter. If you're not, you're late. Uh, at Sane Asylum, brother Sane, what's going on, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good for sure. Uh, good to be back on episode 39. Uh, after a big Grizzlies win against Houston. Houston's one of those teams that uh really feel a way about us, man. We be little broing them dudes out there, man. A lot of those they guys want to be you, they want to be, yeah, you. they want to be us, you know what I mean? So, yeah, for sure. So, that was a big win against Houston. John Morant returned. I was in the building, like you said. Uh, first time I've been to a game in a long time, I had to check that one out. Had to slide in, blaze in, the blaze out right quick. I left it to half. You know what I'm saying? Some real VIP type stuff. Just because I can. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> real talk, just because I can. You know, when you don't pay yeah. for tickets, man, you just slide in, slide out, man. I ain't got to yeah. go money with it, man. You know what I'm saying? I just show my face real good. But I'm, I'm, I'm good, though, man. I'm good. I'm glad to be here, man. Good. Glad to have you, especially since you were there last night for the encore return, as you mentioned, of John Morant. We're going to get to that. Uh, first things first, of course, you can hear grind season twice per week. This is our second edition of the week. We'll be back at you early next week and get it, like we said, on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Just search Grind Season with an S-Z-N uh, and you'll find us. Make sure to push that subscribe button for us. We certainly appreciate it. On this edition, uh, basically everything that Anthony just talked about, uh, we are going to talk about Ja Morant's return. Obviously, he came off the bench for the first time in his career. Took a big charge there late. Uh, showed that there wasn't a whole lot of rust by dunking on Kenyon Martin Jr., uh, they're pretty early. You could see. I mean, it was a jive back moment as anything else. And Sane mentioned it. You most importantly get the win over Houston, 131-25. So that's four straight overall that the Grizzlies have won. And 10 straight at home, Sane, where mm-hmm. they are now 31-5 and and just two wins away from breaking the franchise record. So uh, plenty of time to get to all that and what it means. But obviously the return of Ja, we're going to discuss that. Jaron Jackson, Jr., uh, continued his red-hot offensive play against Houston, 37. And if it hadn't been for John Morant coming back his first on-court game since the suspension, I mean, Jaron would have been the story, 37 points. We're going to get into Jaron Jackson. We're going to get in on, you know, ask saying what the ceiling is for Jaron. You're talking about five straight games now. He's kept the streak going, saying, of 25 or more points. He had never been over two straight games of 25 or more He's on absolute fire. The Grizzlies are giving the ball. Uh, how can we make sure that this continues? How good can Jaron Jackson be on that offensive end? 
we'll get into that. And then obviously, uh, to wrap it all up, we'll do a little bit of an outlook. Just what, 10 games left in the regular season. You are now uh, got a two-game lead on Sacramento. If you look at the rest of the schedule, uh, it certainly looks good for the Grizzlies in terms of locking up that number two seed. And obviously, with that home court advantage through at least the first two rounds of the playoffs. So full show, lot to get to. Uh, boy, be, we would be remiss not to do so with the encore return last night of Ja Morant. The family wearing the redemption hoodies. Uh, ja hadn't missed, what, nine games total, eight for the suspension, one to ramp up. Everybody was excited yeah. to see him. Uh, that's why I'm so uh, glad to get Saint on right now just to tell mm-hmm. us you know, what was it like in terms of the, uh, the, the, the reception for Ja and then in terms of uh, his play, was it about what you expected? Was it better than you expected? Yeah, man, it was. Uh, I was in the building yesterday, like I said. Um, Gabe had a, a basketball game. Uh, shout out to the St. Dominic Suns, third grade team. Uh, <laughs> Gabe had a game yesterday. They lost, and I slid over uh, right from his game to the to the FedEx Forum to watch the Grizzlies. And the atmosphere was great, man. Um, it was a lot of you could just feel feel the excitement. People were excited to get this team back on the home court to see John Moran out there. Um, you know, a lot of John Morant jerseys, John Morant shoes, John Morant um, posters. You know, it was a lot of, it was just a lot of, you know, just big energy for John. Um, and when he checked in, when he, when he stood up on the scores table, you could, you know, you could feel it, you know what I mean? And then when he got into the game, it was a real electric moment. Uh, I was, I'm not going to say that it wasn't huge, that it wasn't a gigantic pop that he got, but I was expecting something probably bigger. But it probably was just you know over anticipation. But it, it was it was a good moment uh, for sure, man, to see him come out there and do his thing. He looked like not just you know old jaw. He looked super loose, man, relaxed. You know what I mean? He seemed like he was having fun out there. And that's something we've been talking about for a while. How jaw hadn't looked right to us, and he's starting he's starting to look back right uh, yesterday. Um, I basically said I didn't buy the whole coming off the bench thing last time we talked. It mm-hmm. definitely happened. Uh, jaw did come off the bench. Um, to our surprise, I love the uh, the the hoodies that uh, T and them got. T and T and the family were wearing because you know it was something that they got. You know, just old boy and them to make for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> it wasn't nothing that Nike provided. It looked like uh-huh. something somebody you know hooked up maybe the night before. They got some hoodies. You know, it was it was one of them type of moves. You could tell it was something that it looked like something that, that um, if you go to a Tiger basketball game, one of the players parents would be wearing it looked like something that was you know homegrown like that and i just thought it was a nice touch just just to remind people man that's you know that's family that's still their son they're still their baby out there so i like i like the hoodies whatever i don't understand why it's such a topic of conversation for today um Ja had a new colorway of the other of the, of the joshu he was wearing one of those what <laughs> might as well get a new a new colorway out there you know you put you know put up there or whatever um, but it was good to see him come out there and contribute. Like you said, Jaron was a monster, of course. Um, saw some Kenny Lofton minutes yesterday, too. Um, you know, it was it was good, man. It was it was a really good, exciting game. I left at the half, uh, caught the rest of it at the house. I'm sorry, man. I just enjoy watching games at the house better now. I'm sorry. I had to see Ja, you know, come out there. But uh, it was just a great atmosphere. Uh, kudos to the Memphis Grizzlies fan base for, man, that – it wasn't like packed to the capacity, like no seats there, and the energy wasn't like playoff energy. But it was a nice, really nice crowd for, you know, a Wednesday night against the uh, Houston Rockets. You know what I mean? So it, it was a really, really good crowd there. And shout out to the city of Memphis for 
wrapping her arms of love around one of our sons, uh, our adopted sons, John Morant. Uh, same. We said last show, I said, I, I sort of appreciated the gesture of John Morant suggesting, hey, mm -hmm. come off the bench. You know, not whether whether it was just words or whether he was really down, you know, either right. way that it was a great gesture. Um, and listen, the way it worked out, you know, because I mentioned this on our on our on the radio show today. I thought it, it's also a tip of the cap to the way the team was playing without him yeah. at one six of seven to what they had done. Uh, obviously, you end up going six and three without him to the way Tyus Jones has played as a starter. But 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 I say all that to, to ask you this. Is there really any reason to continue with it past that one game? Continue bringing Ja off the bench when we're talking, you know, ten regular season games left. Uh, you want it, you know, you want him in the in the in you know doing what he's used to as much as possible. I'm just I'm I'm asking you that to ask you: Is there any reason to continue it? I know Taylor Jenkins said maybe for a couple games. Is that is there anything else to gain from bringing him off the bench? Um, only reason I see to do it is because it's Houston. You know, it's Houston at home. And I think, you know, you can get away with it. Um, I think you need to see what you are with John back in the lineup soon. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, um, I love how when he first came in the game, first play, you know, alley who passed to Jaron Jackson Jr., getting Jaron going. That that was big, man, you know, to see Jock deferring to Jaron. I heard you guys talking about could in the future, could Jaron be the leading scorer on this team? This is a conversation me, you, and John Martin of the Jason and John show had a couple of years ago, I was like, man, I, I could definitely see a scenario one day where Jaws job, but Jaron is the leading scorer. That's a conversation we had maybe two or three years ago, and we're starting to see some of those things manifest. Where, uh, like we said, man, the the big the big bottle of meat tenderizer. That's what that's what he was, and we saw it last night. He made the game easier for yeah. everybody. When you when when you can start off the game with a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. setting the tone, you know, being able to score it super easily, man. He's He's backing dudes down and, and dunking on them, pinning on pinning them against the basket and dunking on them. And that's that's something we never thought we'd see with Jaron. I want to see what um what the Shaquille O'Neal's of the world have to say about Jaron's uh latest run of play because a lot of things that 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 people criticize Jaron about, a lot of these old head guys, he's he's throwing he's 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 showing that throwback game for sure, man, with some definitely some modern wrinkles in it. And um it's it's scary. I put it out, I tweeted out yesterday that. The run that Jaron's on right now might be, you know, one of the scariest things I've seen in the Grizzlies uniform. I don't want to jump too far ahead in the show because I know that's another segment. But to answer your question, no, I don't see a point of Jeff Ja uh, continuing no. to come off the bench unless he wants to. I mean, but I don't. I think I think the fact that he even knew that we we're playing against Houston at home is part of why he was cool with. All right, man, let me just kind of warm up a little bit, coming off the bench. But um, I, I'm I'm looking to see him go ahead and uh, start soon because. Taylor Jenkins just had a little bit too much work to do last night trying to figure out how to when to bring Jai back into the game because it was yeah. getting a little squirrely, you know what I mean, before he brought him back in. Do you subscribe to the you're gonna get a more focused Ja Morant the rest of the way? You know, a job, you know, is is that real? Yeah, um, I think will there be a difference real, that we can see, you know, or is I that think, more just off the court, on mm -hmm. the road, keeping it business? Or is there something we're going to be able to see saying you think out of that? If I think it's different. it will. Um, I heard Jeff and, and Chris Harrington, Jeff Caucus, Chris Harrington talking about, uh, and they played the press conference, and when y'all mentioned things like meditating and yeah, certain words he's using. Open up a little. And a lot of people are kind of saying that Jai is, oh, man, they're just, they're just telling him what to say. And he's, no, nah, there's certain things that Jai is saying you can tell. He's gathered nuggets from this counseling, that he's making it applicable to his everyday life. Um, 
And I think you'll see that, man. I think that they'll put that they'll put certain things in play. He's gonna put certain things in play. Um, so I am confident you'll see a different version of Ja. You know what I mean? He had uh Kari with him last night during the post-game celebration. And just even when you hear him talk, he sounds different. He sounds like he's like this humping him a little bit. Um uh, Ja's always been an intelligent kid, even the wildest when, when even doing some of the wildest things he's he's done. He's he's never lacked like lack of intelligence when you're interviewing him when you put a mic in front of his mouth. Ja is a very intelligent player. Uh, Draymond Green, you know, he mentioned Ja being one of the smartest players in the league. So I think he is going to be focused. I think he knows his game time, and I think that him the time he took away, the team kind of coming together and kind of finding their roles. I think that it could be you know like we talked about a possible blessing in disguise for sure. No, I know, and and so my Skip Bayless's uh, cornball poking or uh, at, at uh, Jaws that you know the whole it's a parade inside my city yeah. because I'm promise you everything you just said about the team coming together. I mean symbolically you can say too because now now you I mean now you got the the whole team doubling down on it essentially. You right. got Kari jumping in, you got Pete Pranica jumping in. It's almost because I used the word I said rallying cry for this team yeah. the rest of the way. With with how poorly that was done by Skip, you I mean you gave them a little extra something to bring them together even more. And I know a lot of that's there, a lot of that yeah. talk. But you can tell, man, those folks yesterday were feeling that they were playing. The Grizzlies have embraced it now, and it's all you you've found a way to turn you know what Skip was trying to make a negative uh, into a positive. That again just gives yeah. you another thing to think that this team is to get is as together uh, as it's been all season. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see, man, because it's still without Stephen Adams. You know, and that still feels like a big piece, but I thought it was important saying we said the whole time, you better right. figure things out without Steven Adams, right? Yeah, because there are going to be times in the playoffs, just like last year, where you may very well have to have him off the floor. And right. so in that, in that sense, they did get those, a lot of those things figured out. That said, you certainly missed the big man's rebound. I want to say that that Houston did out-rebound uh, by a significant margin, the, the Grizzlies mm-hmm. last night. So they're certainly missing his rebounding, the second chance points, all that. That said, yes, uh, watching it from afar, Great return for John Morant coming off the bench. Uh, hopefully, uh, that's as much right. off the bench stuff as we need. That said, uh, as long as he is back in there, you know, relatively soon in that starting lineup, you've got enough. Uh, you got enough games left in this regular season to get it, get everything tuned up and tight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Uh, this is the Grind Season Podcast, of course. Uh, you can get us on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Moving on to segment two for, again, a Memphis Grizzlies team that right now is red hot, having won four straight, 30, uh, 33rd. Wait a minute. I just I just missed it. I was rolling, say 31 and five now at home. Yeah, I'm stuck on 32 and five because I think when we looked at both of these Houston games, we said, man, you need to come in, come out of Friday heading into the weekend. 
uh, 32 and five. Then you'll be one game off breaking the franchise record for wins. A uh, big part, no, excuse me, the home record, franchise record for home wins in a season. That's at 32. You're 31 and five. A uh, big part of this, obviously, we've touched on a lot. Uh, he was our, you know, he had the season, brought the season. Last week, he continues to bring it. Jaron Jackson Jr., mm-hmm. nothing short of a revelation what he's doing offensively. It's the best offensive bas- stretch of offensive basketball we've seen from him in his career. He's just 23 years old and it won't be 24 till September. He should be the favorite right now for defensive player of the year. But yet the story continues to be what he's doing offensively. 37 points, 14 of 20 same from the floor. It was so easy for him. And you just wonder how much that can help, you know, a team that early this season, you know, even when it was playing well, was still struggling in the half court. You know, Jaron's offensive involvement can certainly help you in that category, obviously with some, you know, additional shooting that you've added, Luke Kennard, but you can see ways the Grizzlies could become a better half court team with the way things are getting so much easier for Jaron Jackson with the confidence that's building. Uh, saying I say all that to say, again, uh, uh, two, free throw line he was fantastic at yesterday, 8 of 11. He's getting to the line and knocking them down. Uh, what is the ceiling? You know, you you touched on it. You know, we brought up the fact that, you know, maybe there maybe at a time Jaron could be the number one scoring option because it, mm-hmm. it's starting to come so easy for him. Set that to the side. Um, what's the ceiling for Jaron Jackson Jr., particularly on the offensive end, Saint? Yo, oh, still, how, how good can he be on that end? The ceiling is the roof, Jason Smith. The uh, ceiling is the roof. Yeah, Michael Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. It's um, I think you can see a guy. Cause you think about this, like in Jaron, he, he's always been a guy who's been a capable three point shooter. Who you, he can be a guy who's a you know top of the key three uh, trailing three point shooter, hit him in the corner, those type of things. Um, he's showing the ability to post up the ball, to drive to the basket without getting offensive fouls. There are still two crucial elements to Jaron's game that we have not seen any of that would make him <laughs> extremely unguardable if you could add these two things. That's a mid-range jump shot, like a Rasheed Wallace type guy or, or mm. Kevin, Garnett, Kevin Garnett, where they can get the ball, jab you in the, in the high post, you know, hit that mid-range jump shot. If he got that to his game, he would be Ooh, terrifying. And something else that's basketball one-on-one that we've never seen Jaron be able to do, and that's set a pick. Imagine if Jaron Jackson is a guy that you can use in a pick-and-pop or a pick-and-roll situation. Or, like I said, put in those elbow opportunities, in the you know triple-threat position, mid-range. Those things aren't even in his game. Not, not that he needs to improve on those things. Those things are not in his toolbox at all. <laughs> Imagine if Jerry Jackson Jr. took a healthy summer without injury. Yeah. Without injury, Jason Smith, which we have not seen from him in a long time. Imagine if his summer is strictly playing basketball, especially if you get a mentor, so to speak, to be with him, whether that's, I don't know. I don't know who that might be. But imagine if you get a, a real trainer with him or a former NBA great to get alongside Jaron Jackson Jr., mentor him, get in the gym with him, and add him, add those tools to his game. Imagine how good he can be. Um, I mentioned Anthony Davis last year. I said, man, I'm seeing AD out there. I'm seeing a young Anthony Davis. If you look at Jared's numbers throughout his career, they're very similar to, to Anthony Davis. Jay Williams on uh, 92.9 ESPN this morning compared Jaron to Anthony Davis. He was like, if that's what Jaron can do, that's Anthony Davis. And I agree. You know what I mean? And um, it's it's wild to see it, bro. 
uh, my boy Dez on Twitter. I can't think of his Twitter handle. He mentioned that um, I, he said, I've never seen a guy improve on one element of his game within a season like Jerry Jackson Jr. has done. We've seen guys like, oh, like uh, over the summer, oh, shit, like, he's got some new shit in his bag. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, we, I've, I've never seen a guy get this good within a season at a certain part of his game. Well, how much of it was it could have happened sooner if not for the injuries you just touched on? Was the first 17 games of the season or something mm-hmm. like that around that that he missed? And then how much of it is them not not tapping into this early? I think or it's did, the latter, or man. Or did he have to be ready first, saying, you know what I'm saying? I think, I think it was a, a perfect storm with job being away. I think that played a lot into it. Definitely some of it. But I think the fact that, you know, we these are we bro, we got in here early in the early in the season on this on this very podcast. And we talked about they need to find ways oh yeah to make scoring easier for Jerry Jackson Jr. Yeah. His game can't can't just be oh Jaron was making threes, he had a good game today. His yeah. they have to find ways to make the game easier. And hey, guess what's really easy to do? Post up. <laughs> That's a real easy way to score. Helps your half court offense tremendously too. Right. And it I think can. it was, I don't, I don't know if it was Harrington or Conkers that said it. Probably was Harrington. And uh he was talking about how not only is Jaron growing up physically, maturing physically, all these type of things, he's just older than a lot of the guys who are now the young players in the NBA. When when Jaron first came in the league, the Anthony Davis used to kill those type of guys used to kill him. Jaron's an older guy now. He's physically stronger than these guys. He's wiser than these guys. And he can he can go off, you know, he's, you know, a lot of the league is younger than Jaron Jackson Jr. now. So he's using that, you know, to, to his advantage or whatever. Also, you mentioned uh, the half-court offense. Um, Candace Hagens, who she's a podcaster on Grizzly Fan, of course. Uh, she's, she's excellent at what she does, too. She's a co-host on Ethos Grizzlies. She put out a tweet today saying the Grizzlies, since the All-Star break, are 11th in half-court offense mm-hmm. and, and 22 overall. And that's dope, man. It's improved, man. Yeah. Like and I think that Jaron Jackson Jr. plays a part in that when you got a guy who you 100%. can get. Because, man, we were up three the other night against um, um, Dallas, right? The Dallas game. He, only, you, he hit the big one with 17. He gave the ball to Jaron. was like, all right, go win the game. Jaron's like, all right, yes, I got you. Yes. I'll be back. That's a confidence and a want to. Yeah. And I you think know. that um, it's really scary, man, when you think about if you can get. If Jaron can be that, and Ja continues to be Ja, and Desmond Bain is your ultimate trump card, that's oh man, that's why not? I, I I've been I've been stuck on your thought about putting him with like a former elite big guy or something that you know in the off season or something mm-hmm. that could you know whether he was a footwork guy or not, but mm-hmm. but it, but also stuck on you know what you were talking about if he could add the. The mid-range jumper, the the free throw line jumper to his game. What about Rasheed, man? Yeah, somebody just he's like here. that. You know what I'm saying? Because he's like, and he like here, and he had Lamont on us. He was, but then you know he was oh, well, at yeah. one point he was oh, going to be in the NBA. Remember? Yeah. Yes, but remember, remember Rasheed's vaccination status has cost him some gigs. Oh man, and that's on. why he. I mean, in real on real, that's why he didn't finish at Memphis, and I think it's. Uh, it's been one of the reasons why it's been back and forth on him finally going to the NBA. What a, his, what, a, his, what, a re, what a reality show that could be if you put the cameras on Jaron and Rasheed. Uh, 
Is he the guy, or, or should it be Hakeem Olajuwon or something? You know what I'm saying? I think it should be like an Olajuwon, a David Robinson, maybe a Kevin Gar, a Kevin Garnett, who's friends with his dad, who he did that, you know, rookie year video with or whatever. Yes, but but could you see the could you see the hilarity, Jason Smith, if they if they had the cameras rolling on Jaron and <laughs> Jaron, whose team a vaccination a advocate for one of the first NBA players to go get the vaccine? He might convince Rasheed to do it. Yeah, but I wonder if he could convince him, man. The odd couple. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Rasheed had that mid-range game, saying That's, oh, why, man, that's why when you were talking about the mid-range, ooh, if he added that, if he added a little pull-up at the, yeah. the free-throw line to his game, you would be damn near unstoppable. Rasheed was unstoppable in that area. He was you unstoppable could, you, in you that You put area. Don Jaron in the pick-and-roll, and Jaron oh does a little baby pop out to the corner, and he's shooting that little uh, – uh, not Luka Doncic, that uh, – Nikola Jokic's mid-range shot or something like that. Come on, man. Jaren would be freaking unguardable. Because you it's couldn't look at you do. What would you do with it if, if John and Jaren are the two guys? I'm telling you, bro, like if this this that grit, bro, seeing seeing Jaren do this changes my outlook on what the Grizzlies are for for infinity to infinity and beyond, bro. Like for real. Like I know. If, if this is what Jaren is gonna be, come on, man. Last to the Saints to underline to Saints point last five games 29.8 points per game, seven rebounds, 2.4 blocks. We know in the season, uh, he's over three blocks per game. So, what but, but particularly offensively, what he's doing 30 points per game basically over the last five. You get that kind of Jaron Jackson all for, NBA numbers. <laughs> That's like, yes, oh, man. Like, no, those are numbers that Anthony Davis would be happy with at this point yeah. with 30 points per game. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then. Jokic doesn't come uh, like I'm not I'm not offensively not saying, but he doesn't come close defensively. Like what you you know what I'm saying? And so you can start talking about him if he's gonna stay like this offensively with some of the elite in the West. And Anthony Davis getting up there. Jokic, what 27, 28? You know, he's got some more good years, but you could see a future to your point, especially as the West gets younger and younger, where Jaron is literally one of the best centers in the West. Exactly. You know, I'm because guys pay their age out, or you know, it's yeah. you and Jokic. Yeah, and I'm not expecting him to be uh, 30 points a game for sure. But I can see Jaron take a leap where he's going 24-25. I, I, I just need – I need Ja and that team to keep him a priority once everybody's yep. back. Yep. I need to because be on – Now you've seen on, what it can be. When I go on FanDuel and they say, who do I think is going to score the first bucket, I should say, yeah, it's going to be Jaron because I know we go we get him going first. Well, like I, that's, credit, that's, they've done a better job. Now it was almost yeah. forced on them. With you know, Steven goes out and then yep. Ja goes out, he has to go up in priority and yep. focal point of the offense. But finally, we are here. Yeah, man, I love it. We are seeing a a, a brand new Jaron Jackson Jr. on the offensive end of the floor. Mm -hmm. It has been nothing short of a uh, remarkable to see. Uh, here's hoping it continues uh, as you know, soon as this Friday. Why not keep this streak of 25 or more going? He's at five games right now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You listen to the course of the grind season podcast uh, here with you guys, Anthony Sane and Jason Smith, our producer, Drew Barrett. Uh, you can get us twice per week. We're on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button for us. Do us a favor as we you know, approach the end of the regular season here. And that's where we'll pick things up with this third segment is a look ahead. Feeling pretty good right now saying about holding down number two. Uh, I, as recently as a week and a half ago, two weeks, wouldn't have said that. We came on here and I ain't going to lie to you. Things were a little bit dark in terms of trying to figure out if they could hold on to number two. Sacramento at one point had gotten ahead of you. And so uh, Grizzlies certainly fortunate at this point to be two up. Sacramento's still got a tougher schedule than you the rest of the way with their 10 to your 10. That starts on Friday for them with Phoenix while you're playing Houston. So an opportunity to open that lead up to three games. It's so critical. You can't say it enough uh, for the Grizzlies to have that second seed because if you, you're talking about a team that's 31-5 and five at home, you get home court through the first two rounds, that can be powerful. It could be your ticket, quite frankly, to the Western Conference Finals, having home court as the number two seed through the first two rounds. It really could be that simple. We'll see. But Sam, I thought we'd do a little bit of an outlook, a look ahead mm-hmm. in terms of you don't see at this point with everything sort of feeling like it's coming back and aligning any sort of drop off now. Do you have you have you are we assuming they're the number two seed? And if we are, then we could start looking at okay, who they might get, you know, in that seven spot. Is it is two seed locked up for you? I think it's basketball reverence got it up to like a 77% chance. Jason Smith, you hear that clapping sound in the background. Listeners, if y'all hear that clapping sound, that is the sound of me. Pat myself on the back. I came on you and John Martin's show. Maybe I doubted you. I ain't going to lie to you. And I told y'all, we ain't slipping, man. We might fall to three, but we ain't slipping past three. And here we are, two games ahead of Sacramento at two. You got very winnable games coming up. You got Houston, the Hawks. That's a winner. Even there's a road game, I think it's a very winnable game. You got the Clippers twice without Paul George. You scored 51 points on that team uh, a few weeks ago, really blew it down the end. I think that you had growing pains and lumps that have kind of – that's not happening again. That Clippers team, I told y'all I wasn't taking them serious even at the trade deadline. I'm telling you, the, the, man, my my outlook on this team has changed so much in the last few weeks. You know this, man. I, you all, you had to talk me off the cliff. You had to talk I me off the cliff, bro. My you tried to trade everybody, and uh, you were you were concerned. You were concerned yeah. about Taylor Jenkins. You were concerned about Man, all of them because it was ugly there for a minute. Let's. I mean, we were kind of high. I was, I was, but I was, I was trying to be thirty minutes a game, and you know, come on, man, it was driving me crazy. Yeah, well, yeah. with that said, I think you you had said and felt pretty good about them being at least two right around. And for a while there, it looked it looked a little murky. But yeah, but, but you, you needed to just stick to your conviction. Was that? But here's here's the thing, Jason. Let me throw this out there to out there to you and to, to the listeners. I I put this tweet out this morning. I posted the NBA standings of February night, which is the NBA trade deadline, and I posted the standings for today, as well as the team records for the teams that have, that made moves that everybody was buzzing about. Everybody was jerking off at, at the trade deadline. I posted those teams' records, Jason Smith. Yep. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Made a lot of deadline moves. Of course, they lost LeBron James. Their record, 11-7 and seven since the trade deadline. Kudos to the Lakers. Got some solid role players. Got my boy Jerry Vanderbilt. Got Malik Beasley. Yeah. Really they held down decently without LeBron, too. Yeah. I do, not, I do not want the Lakers to mess around and be 
the the seven eight play in game winner. I don't want to fool with them dudes, man. I don't want to fool around with them dudes, man. That's why I'm like Denver. I'm glad y'all are getting that one seed. If the Lakers get in that nine ten play in, kudos to you. If you guys can get that eight seed, I don't want to fool with them dudes in the first round. Not saying I'm I don't think we buff the ass, but I don't I don't feel like fooling around with LeBron. You know, getting out. You know, being the not getting out of the first round. Like I, I, I don't want to test the NBA. We on the uh, same page, one hundred percent, bro. All right, your Phoenix Suns attain Kevin Durant. Have you seen this tweet? Uh. Uh-uh. For your Phoenix Suns, guess their record since February ninth. Since the trade is it line. is it five hundred? They are five hundred and eight and eight. The I Los Angeles Clippers. I, I, now, I think I remember you. I think I remember you being very pro Los Angeles Clippers at the trade, bro. Line. They're like 21 and 14, or maybe a little bit better when the two play. The problem right. is the two don't guess, play. Guess the Los Angeles Clippers record since the trade deadline. Uh, uh, uh seven and eight. Seven and eight, yes. Bro, are you looking at my tweet? Yeah. No, I promise you. I literally was just <laughs> all right. Here's the one. Here, here's the one I, I stood firmly on on trade when they made this trade. I said, all oh, y'all are wrong. This team is not gonna be good, they're gonna be worse. Since they made this deal, the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, now that I was with you on 100. percent I told you, I told Brad. That was good. I said that's going to backfire now and in yep, the future. And in the summer. Yeah. Brad Carson, white ass, was super excited to see Luca get. And white people were so confused, like, "Oh crap, it's Kyrie Irving." Well, do I cheer for? Do I cheer for this? Do what, I hate it? What? Jason Smith, do you do you know what the Dallas Mavericks record has been since the trade deadline? Uh, it, it's it's not it's not good. It's below five hundred. Eleven, Jason. They won six games, and guess how many they've won when Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic have played together? One, two, two of them hoes. Two of them. Man, Jason Smith. They're two and they them. and they are terrible defensively. I am not concerned about Dallas. Get, do you want to hear the three best records in the West since the trade deadline? I I, I think I know one of them is weirdly is like OKC, right? I don't know. I ain't oh. checked. It. <laughs> you better creep slowly on the creep up trying to avoid the play-in. Yeah, them dudes. Hey, bro, I was eight, eight and two in their last ten. I got nothing but respect for what OKC is yeah, doing. We don't care about Wimbayama. I don't thought care. I used the dog organization now. Shout out to them dudes. They need a rebrand though, because your uniforms, their colors are ugly as shit. I would but agree. Anyway, yeah. anyway, uh who are, who the top the three. three yeah. The top three. Your Denver Nuggets, the number one seed in the West, eleven and seven. Oh, I have to come. Yeah. Your Sacramento Kings, the second seed, the third seed in the West, they're twelve and six. And your Memphis Grizzlies, the second seed in the West, they're twelve and six. The two, the three teams who the Nuggets got Thomas Bryant, the Grizzlies and the Kings didn't do anything at the deadline. I don't think the good teams are still good. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end of the day, they didn't. They didn't get. And people are like, well, at least Phoenix has an excuse. No, you traded away your depth. On a team that was the number one team in the West last year, you got Kevin. You got Kevin Durant. He's out. You don't have any depth. You're old at Chris Paul. You're eight and eight since the trade deadline. It's true. I mean, you, with, with what with what comes, Kevin comes. You, what happened in that layup line? Right. Just that injury chance, and Jason they're Smith, right there. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna throw this out here as, as the show's gonna read at the end. Seeing what Jaron is becoming. It's definitely expanded my hope. Yes. Seeing Desmond Bain put the ball on the ground and having some level of confidence that I think his three-point shot is going to go crazy in the playoffs. 
I saw it too much last year to think that he's not going to just have games where he goes crazy. Seeing Luke Kennard, who I told y'all is going to be a much bigger deal than we were giving him credit for. He's another reason why our half-court offense has been uh, open up the floor. Space. Because he made, you have to guard that. Yeah. You have to guard the threat of him being the shooter, and it opens up everything else. Yep. Seeing Dylan Brooks buy in on, okay, I'm just going to be this crazy-ass defender. Oh, they've broken. They've broken Dylan Brooks. He's in the fucking sunken place. They've broken. Then why, then, then why did he tell the story about the job? Because thing? he's no. broken, Jason Smith. They broke him. They're like, look what y'all done to me. <laughs> look at how I've let these look how I've let these people do to me, man. That's why he's right. If you say he's still I, I want to see it when he when Jaws back, him yeah, still playing still think engaged. People, I'm gonna throw out another theory to y'all too, and I know this is totally out of topic. There's this thing out there where people are like giving Dylan Brooks credit for like, yeah, man, Dylan is doing this stuff uh to get the heat off of John. He's getting all this attention. He's you've heard people saying that, right? You ever heard people no, say I, that? I, I, I've heard people on your I've heard wild. you guys say it. I've heard people on you guys' radio stations say that Dylan is doing a lot. There's a theory that Dylan is doing all this negative stuff, like not negative stuff, but like pulling attention to himself to get the heat off of John. No, nah, that's totally not how Man, I see it. Get this. up out of here. I see you doing like, yeah, I'm for yeah, I'm for the shine right now. I might not shine with the basketball, but I'm about to get some, I'm about to get some shine for real. That's the way I see a hundred percent. That's it. Yeah. It, it, it. He gets more shots when Jai is gone. That's just the case. And Dylan loves shots. Hell, he was already talking about at some point in his career when he can get more shots. Oh, I like I said, I want to see him. I want to see him still engaged, saying when he's the fourth option, when he rolls yeah. back down to four, yeah. as opposed to two or three with you know with Jaya. So I need, I need that same energy. That Theo Pinson shit was funny. Too. <laughs> no, I love it. He, he don't care no moment. He don't care about the take. He's gonna make his statement no matter what. That's what I'm talking about. Ain't nobody broke. Ain't nobody broke Dylan. He does what Dylan wants to do. If he's gonna tell the on the court, man, Dylan. Nah, just I feel good. Good. No, I, I feel good, man. I feel bro. Really doesn't good. this feel good? But such a yeah. better play, like. And we needed this too, frankly, with what the yeah the way the Memphis Tigers went out. We we needed it to get good again, something to help through the pain of that mess. Grizzlies, man, it, it feels like all is possible again. Saying, I know that's. And a, I'm gonna say this too, man. Before we go, I know you already. Western Conference Finals or bust. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm, I'm gonna say this before we go, man. I be want to give Taylor Jenkins props, bro. But Brandon Clark. Hold on, let me let me pause and get a pen ready if you about to do this. I be want to give this man props, man. Be historic. No, I'm not going to give him props. I mean, he's he's a great coach, bro. Don't get it twisted. But it's like stuff has to go so long before he decides to make a move. Bro, Brandon Clark has been gone for seems like a month. You're just now getting Junior Lofton into the rotation. They should have been doing it. As soon as BC went down, Junior Lofton should have been eating up a ton of minutes. That dude's been productive in every game he's played, man. I don't want to hear this crap about him playing defense. As a reserve player, he's fine. There are plenty of reserve guys who all they can do is come in and score, and they, they're horrible defenders. He's he's going to get killed on defense, fine. But he can still eat up minutes and produce in those minutes, man. And it just bothers me that it takes Taylor Jenkins so long. Like, Jaron, it's taking him the entire season to realize, let me find other ways to use Jaron Jackson Jr., who's – Well, wasn't like, Budenholzer before he finally won? Wasn't he uh, known for he sticks with it? He doesn't – you know, he, he doesn't – He's more of that guy, and he's from, certainly from that tree, you know, Jenkins. But, dude, I, I must say, man, when he 
because I roll my eyes when 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 things were looking bad and he was saying, well, with Ja gone, we can learn some things about ourselves and we're learning. You know, I rolled my eyes at that stuff. But I be yeah. like I said earlier, man, it has happened like like what what whether he was hoping for it or really, truly believed that they could find something with yeah. Ja gone like they found some. So just man, in that alone, I got to I got to I got to back off a little bit and give my man some uh, some credit on that one, because I thought it was just all spin. But they who did get some things thought, right without Ja. They really who did. Who would ever thought, Jason Smith, that Ja Morant tricking off $50,000 in a bummy-ass club in Denver with a pea shooter gun, drunk as a skunk, with a safe right. He might have uh, tricked off $40 million and 50000 <laughs> No, I ain't, buy, I ain't buying it no more, man. I ain't buying what? it no more. If you're not going to vote Ja in, you, you can't vote Steph Curry in either. Because Josh played more games than Steph's played. Steph don't even qualify for the stats stuff. I looked yeah. up points per game. He only he can't he don't even qualify. I'm not worried as much about Steph as I just them um, guys saying, you know, no, he doesn't because again, this is just opinion. This is sports writers and broadcasters who just as easy could say, I don't like him. I don't like the season he had. They could yeah. be like Jay Williams, where they thought the NBA should have suspended him for the rest of the year yeah, without pay, and they're gonna punish him. But I will say in your to your point. Now we had Brian Windhorse on this week, and he seemed like he he was almost glass half full about it, thinking that yeah. there's enough games left in terms of what y'all have finished. Or what about 61, 62? I don't have it in front yeah. of me, but he'll be over 60 to your point. And he made the point that when Carmelo Anthony got suspended for 15 games that season, he was still all NBA. It got into yeah. a fight. You know, the same yeah. something similar yeah. where voters could have held that against him, mm-hmm. and he still got it. So let, maybe you're right. Did you hear Stephen Smith talk about how he told Jay Williams he was wrong? Yeah, he hadn't. I, what I like is he said, well, I hadn't heard your take. Yeah, you know, it was that, so funny, That tape man. had been in circulation for about yeah. 24 hours by the yeah. time Stephen A. got to. It was just he, here Stephen A. talking about he wasn't on the court. He was out in, in the in the shake joint uh, making him holler for a dollar. <laughs> like, he didn't say that. I'm yeah, yeah. But, but to Stephen A.'s point, like, and I really agree because yeah. he did the whole jo, uh, Memphis is Elvis and it needs to be Jot thing again. To his point, this was not team facility. So yeah. when you boil it down to go back to the CBA's rules and everything, like no, and then no reason to and then for, why you got to take away the pay? Like so, this you that you came out with hate. I ain't gonna lie, Jay Williams. That sound like you were hating, bro. For real, man. For real, it did. For real, real. he yeah. had Doc in there today. You could hear his little shaky mouth ass. It's like he was nervous as hell. Talking I, I, about I mean, all credit to Doc. I think Doc backed him off of that. All I heard was Jay playing makeup and yeah. trying to say I love John Morant. Uh, and, and more so, I'm just anti guns. I'm videos like, oh shit, this man gonna come with the bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Doc because he went on there and he yeah, repped. He said he told Keyshawn, "How about you watch my show? How about yeah, you exactly. watch my shows?" Yeah, thought? exactly. It was shout out awesome. to the great Doc Holiday, oh, yeah. uh, sports director over at the great WMC TV yes, channel five for repping Memphis, repping John Morant uh, in such a fantastic light. That is our show. That's today's episode. We'll be back uh, early this uh, early next week. Appreciate you guys for joining us. Like we said, Grizzlies got Houston on Friday. Hopefully, we're talking about another home win for them. For Anthony Sane, for our producer, for our producer Drew Barrett, I'm Jason Smith. Remember to stay on your grind.